Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Music always gets you going. Excited for a jam-packed, fun Thursday show here. Welcome into the Lombardi line presented by DraftKings alongside Michael Lombardi. Stormy Bond and Tony with you. Coming up in about 30 minutes, VSIN host and professional handicapper Mike Somich will stop by, give out some of his best week 14 bets in the National Football League. Then coming up in hour two, touch on a little NBA in-season tournament action with our senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel. But Michael, before we get into anything, we have huge news today that yeah. Big Daddy Vince is making his debut on the pod. He did. He did. He made it on the pod. He, he, you know, we got him for a block. He was, you know, he said he was, you know, he kind of went over his, his, his little bit. He wasn't as angry as he typically is, uh. but we got him a little looser. We'll get him going a little bit here eventually, you know, but he registered a few complaints, specifically only winning two Super Bowls by having Rodgers and, and, and Favre as his quarterback. Not happy with their defense drafting all these DBs that don't play, but we got we got a little big daddy. It was good. I mean, we we got to hear his complaints. I'm sure there'll be more. He won't go on the limb and predict a playoff contender for the team. Mm. Although he is positive this week, they will beat the New York Football Giants. And I mean, I don't know if that's going out on a limb, considering the Giants decided to start Tommy DeVito. Yeah. I feel like there's got to be a little bit of optimism, too, with the way Jordan Love has turned things around a little bit. Like, that's why the text messages weren't lighting up last week with complaints. Exactly. There's good things exactly. happening. <laughs> exactly. So I think he's, you know, I mean, he's in a good place. But, you know, this never could this could not last very long. Let me just say that. Well done. Uh, well, make sure everybody check out the GM Shuffle today. New episodes dropping every Monday and Thursday. But as soon as that one is live, we'll make sure that we get that through for everybody. Get the downloads ready. But we do have a big game coming up tonight. We're kicking off yeah. week 14 in the NFL with a bang or I guess more of a clunk. Maybe is a good way to put it with a, a NFL game with a total, Michael, of 30. The Patriots are getting six points taken on the Pittsburgh Steelers later on tonight. Two of the worst offenses in the NFL with backup quarterbacks on a short week. How are you looking at this one tonight? Well, I mean, look, you know, it, it's an interesting game in the sense everybody just looks at the records. But over this five-game losing streak that this, the Patriots have had, they've they've only scored 47 points, which mm -hmm. has been a real issue. But their defense has only allowed 76, which is why we see this tick. I mean, there's some under 30s out there. The last four losses, three to Washington, four to the Colts, three to the Giants, and six to the, to the Chargers, and they didn't score. So... They've played good enough defense to be a better than a 2-10 and 10 team. Let's be clear here. And they've fallen off the cliff offensively. As for the Steelers, where Mike Tomlin's biggest concern tonight is because of MVP Mitch coming into the game. He's worried knowing that the Patriots are not going to be able to drive the length of the field to score. That if he turns the ball over like he did when they played in Week 2 last year, that could cost them the game. So I think we're going to see conservative game plans from both coaches which lends itself to the under because neither coach wants to lose the game 
to the other team. They want to be able to stop losing first before they win. I think once they get into a situation where they could take some chances, they will. But I think both of them will play it close to the vest because, let's face it, you know, one mistake and you go up 10 points in this game and it's over. I mean, look, the, the Patriots are uh, lost 10 to, 10 to 7 to the, to the Colts like a month ago in, in Germany, and they had a chance to win that game. Yeah, I, I think what's been so remarkable these last couple games against the Patriots is to your point, their defense has played so well that they are the first team since 1938 to allow 10 or fewer points in three straight games and lose all three of them. It's uh, uh, the wrong side of history that you don't want to be on. They offensively have combined for just 13 points their last three games. And you mentioned Mitch Trubisky starting. Kenny Pickett had ankle surgery this week, so he's unavailable. Bailey Zappi on the other side. While we talk about the Patriots, and all of their struggles and you know scores on both sides of the ball because their defense has been good. The Steelers have actually been the best under team in all of football this year, 10 and 2 to the under the Steelers team. It, the only thing, Michael, that makes me question the under in this game yeah. is the way that it's being bet because everybody yeah. is all over the under. The splits are like 84% taking that under 30. Everybody's on the under. It's just so clear, right? Everybody's on the under. And everybody, it's shocking. I, I mean, I don't know the 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 betting split, but the, a lot of people are on the are on the Patriots. And what we've seen from the Patriots in the last few weeks, so I said the last three weeks, was we've seen game day money come in on them, and we got it here again today. They got eighty three percent of the bets, eighty six percent of the handle, but the line hasn't moved. Yep, still the line hasn't moved an inch all week, and yet the Steelers are not getting bet at all. The Steelers are not getting bet at all. So. You know, to me, I think there's some of those situations where you've got to look at these numbers and say, why? You know, six is a lot of points to give up in a game where both teams don't score very well. The Steelers will, will try to run the ball. The Patriots can play run defense. Yeah, they're one of the best run defenses in the NFL. Um, I want to say third overall run defense and a league low 3.38 yards per carry that they're allowing to running back. So been really, really good in that area from an injury standpoint. Najee Harris has been dinged up, hasn't practiced all week long dealing with a knee injury. It is something that's been lingering with him for much of the season, um, but could impact his performance. He's technically listed as questionable, but Tom Pelissero reporting earlier today that he's expected to play on the other side. No Ramondre Stevenson today. So the Patriots are going to be without their best player on offense. And also Demario Douglas out at wide receiver in that room, Devonte Parker and Juju Smith Schuster, both questionable as is offensive tackle. Trent Brown questionable and more for the Steelers. Um, looks like their offensive line's pretty dinged up too. their center. Mason, and Cole questionable and starting left guard potentially could miss time today. So uh, a lot of injuries actually in this game, more than I anticipated coming in. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and also Sean Wade, he's out for the game. Mm. Uh, you know, he was out, you know, they list him out with, with a illness. He's a corner. So they've, I mean, and Barmore, he's got a questionable who's with the shoulder. So there's a lot of injuries that have had going on on this team that affect them, the depth of their team. I mean, remember back, you know, where they've lost their best corner in Gonzalez. They don't have Judon who can rush the passer. They haven't been able to get much pressure on the quarterback. I mean, the last three weeks they've had two turnovers created by their defense. They can't really create pressure to get the turnovers is what they need. The thing they've got to count on tonight is can MVP Mitch give them the football? That's going to be the key. They'll take away – They'll try to make MVP get away from who he wants to throw the ball to at first and, you know, try to see if they can do that and then get him to have to read it out and then make mistakes. But for the Patriots offensively, I mean, we're going to see Zeke Elliott. We'll prob yep. They'll probably move Kevin Harris up from the practice squad and see if they can run the ball, which you have been able to do. Shockingly, you have been able to run the football against the Steelers. Teams have averaged the last five games of over 130 yards rushing. Now, you know, we talk about the Steelers, uh, the Patriots not scoring. Steelers only scored 36 points yeah. in the last three games themselves. So, Michael, I have a few fun props for tonight that I would like uh, to throw uh, your way, get your perspective. Sure. Um, Patriots first drive, it's minus 160, first drive punt. What do we think? Oh, I think I think it's you can pretty much lock that up. Feel, I mean, right? here's what will happen. Like Let me give, I've watched every Patriot like game very – I've watched every Patriot game very closely. Here's what will happen on the first drive. First down, they'll get eight yards, okay? They'll get eight <laughs> yards on first down. And then second down, they'll lose a yard. Third and four, third and three, uh, he'll get sacked, and they'll punt. That's usually kind of how it goes. So I was looking. Get a, get a nice start, 
and then you get a bad play. See, the problem with the Patriots is they can't overcome bad plays. Like, they can't – they can overcome incompletions. They can't overcome negative plays. And if you make them string enough good plays together, clunk, it falls apart. It's like trying to run a bad car that you know has a bad battery. Eventually, it's going to clunk. And I can confirm, as somebody who just had car trouble this past week, we don't want that shaky vehicle driving <laughs> down the road. We don't. But I was looking through the Patriots' like most recent opening drives against the Chargers – First drive, punt, second drive, fumble. Against the Giants, first drive, punt, two punts, actually. Third drive, interception. Against the Colts in Germany, they scored an opening drive field goal. Punts the entire rest of the half. Commanders, first drive, turned it over on downs. Rest of the quarter were punts. Like, it's just punting is a theme. I was looking for punt numbers specifically, if we could find, like, a total on how many punts each team might have, but unfortunately, unable to find them. So if you can, please tweet at me, at Storm Bonantoni, at M Lombardi NFL, at VSIN Live. We would like to know these numbers. But there's also for both the Steelers and Patriots to punt on their opening drive, taking some money. Yesterday was plus 210. Today we see it plus 190. Points in every quarter, no. Even money found that interesting. Patriots team total is only 12 and a half, Michael, which surprised me. I feel like that feels like a pretty clean under. I, I'm Yeah, I mean, how are they going to score 12 and a half? Just for the record, let's go back to punts for a second. In my notes, the Patriots are 29th in the league in punts per play. Guess who's 30th? Oh, stop. Really? Pittsburgh's right yeah. there? Love it. Steelers right there. See, we need I these mean, numbers. Now, now, just so we know, just that Jet team's 32nd. They're, they got that handled, and so the Giants are 32nd, too. So, you know, that's the way that goes. Punts per play, and that's important, you know, in terms of forcing the, you know, when you punt a play, like, one of the things I look at every week on the stats is how many opponents punts per play. Who's the number one team? Who do you think's forced the most punts per play in the league this year? Who you got? Cleveland. The least amount is Denver and Las Vegas. That's surprising. See, they don't, Who else is up well, there with Cleveland? Denver, is it Baltimore? Would they be up there? Would San Francisco's Balti defense be Baltimore, up there? Baltimore is the fifth best team in that category. Carolina. Opponents punt, punt per play. Carolina is the second best team. Interesting. But see, a lot of that is cause and effect, right? Carolina gets, you know, they get a lead on Carolina and then all of a sudden they're just running out the clock. So they punt, right? I mean, New England's the eighth best team in the league in forcing punts per play. You know, Pittsburgh is 11th. So again, it lends itself right to the under. They're good at forcing punts, and they're good at being forced to punt. The punter's exhausted. Can't the wait punters, for tonight. Both punters should get a raise. We need those fans from the Iowa game that had the punts on their T-shirt, and we can just flash the camera to them every right yeah, before, in and out of every it. break. That'll be great. Al Michaels is in for a treat tonight. What a lucky oh, man. A sweater tonight for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. We already talked about it on Mac. He's going to have a sweater for sure. Ah, He's going to be bummer. cold. You know, I just saw a picture of, of Kirk resting in his hotel room with the with, with his dog, Ben. So everything's ready to go. Good old Ben. Can always count on Ben on the PJ. We're going to take our first time out of the day. We'll be back, though. Lots of headlines. Got to determine if it's news or noise. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Juice Reel is a free betting intelligence app and tool that every better needs. Juice Reel links your betting accounts into one place, delivers an in-depth analytics on your betting history as well. Yet there's a whole lot more. At Juice Reel, you've got access to the betting history of billions of bets placed by all users. This in-depth betting analytics tool with billions of data points enables you to tail the winning bets and fade the losers. Juice Reel has also developed an artificial intelligence bot using data from all the Juice Reel bets. His name's Robo Jackson. He's picking winners at a rate of 60% through over 100 games. Find out more for yourself download juice real juice like orange juice real r-e-e-l download the free app in the apple app store or google play store it's free juice real again juice r-e-e-l is it news corleone is a man who insists on hearing bad news immediately or just noise are you gonna act like this is news just noise let's separate the impactful from the insignificant with one simple question news or noise all right, news or noise, let's get into it. Where better to start than in Jets country? Because what would a Lombardi oh. line be without talking oh about the Jets God. quarterback situation, Michael? Zach Wilson was renamed the starting quarterback in New York yesterday and told media after the announcement that the report saying he was reluctant to reclaim his spot as the starting QB is absolutely inaccurate. News or noise? I don't think that two reporters would make that up. I mean, I think it's news that the story came out. Mm. I think now that we're dealing with it, it's become noise. He's now named himself the starter, so it's just move on. And now, I think I read this, Stormy. I don't know if I'm right or not, but Sala said that he's going to be the starter for the remaining of the year, no matter what. He said God I willing. Mean, if they're, God willing, yes. Is there ever, I mean, is, do, can we get any consistency at all from the Jets when they get to the podium? Well, I loved when Robert Sala said, we always believed that Wilson was the best quarterback in terms of giving us the best chance to win. Yet, how many weeks ago was he just pleading the fifth? And then as recent yeah. as Monday saying, ah, I'm not so sure. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready to go there. So, okay. You do you, Robert Sala and the Jets. Jets, by the way, down from a five and a half point underdog to now three and a half with the move of Zach Wilson at starting quarterback. They are hosting the Texans in week 14. More quarterback news. Stars Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen both popped up on the injury report this week ahead of their Bills Chiefs game on Sunday. Allen has a lingering right shoulder injury. Mahomes with a pectoral issue. Uh, despite those designations, though, both quarterbacks full participants on the practice sheet news or noise michael cause for concern here uh i think if they get hit it's concerned i mean they obviously put it on the report for a reason i mean you know the one thing is people don't want to put that on the report unless there's because there could be potential they have to take them out no why weren't you reporting this mm. so i do think it's i do think it's news here and you always are worried about both guys getting hit and both guys having to come back from it and seeing how it they react. We know Allen's been dealing with the shoulder for a while. Remember, he went in the blue tent. I forget what game it was. It was Maybe it was the Denver, the Giant game. He went in the blue tent. I think it was the Giant game, yeah. And so we are worried about that. The Mahomes thing, to me, is news because we never heard this before. Yeah, I think that's a good point, especially because we all remember Joe Burrow when he was 
walked into the building with that cast looking thing on his wrist and then ends up being done for the season after that game with an injury that nobody had even known was something yeah. that was on the radar prior to that. So really, really good point there. Um, big game with the Chiefs and Bills for playoff yeah. position. So important one for Buffalo. It's been a little bit over a week since Frank Reich was let go in Carolina. More information has come out about some of the dysfunction in the organization. A report from The Athletics says the Panthers culture has been described as the Hunger Games. And if you've never read or seen the Hunger Games, it's kind of about like survival and backstabbing and literally killing anybody that is around in order to win the game that is the Hunger Games. And so um, according to this report, Michael, coaches said they believed other staff members were text messaging owner David Tepper behind Reich's back about some issues they saw with the team. In one instance, Scott Fritterer, the GM and an offensive coach, went to Tepper with a coaching suggestion for the quarterback and Tepper instructed Reich to work on Bryce Young's footwork. There's a whole lot more to this, Michael, but news or noise that the culture in Carolina is like the Hunger Games, survival of whoever can can be out there. I do think it's news because I do think that's the issue. I do think, and I've said this when Mr. Tepper has stepped into my office, that he needs to throw away his phone. I think he's involved. And whenever the the owner is the is the main guy that people go to, you got problems. You have problems. And so when the owner's not aligned to the head coach or aligned to the philosophy, you're going to have problems. I do think this is complete news, and I think this is going to deter people from wanting to go in there if they don't fix this issue. Ben Johnson, reportedly one of the top candidates on the Panthers' radar. Of course, the offensive coordinator for the Lions, North Carolina native. DJ Chark, by the way, was quoted as saying, I can honestly say I don't think Reich was the only problem, so everything's just fixed now. We've still got a lot of things to fix. And yeah, you're a 1-11 football team in the worst division in football. It's not exactly looking up right now for Carolina. Don't tell my husband I said that. I still need the, the locks to be the same when I get home. Let's talk about Trevor Lawrence, Michael. He missed practice yesterday with a high ankle sprain, but head coach Doug Peterson's yet to rule out the franchise quarterback for Sunday's game coming up against the Browns. Lawrence told reporter Wednesday, though, his ankle feels much better than he anticipated and is happy with how his rehab has gone so far. He's hopeful he can be cleared to play. News or noise? I think it's news. I mean, I don't get the sense that 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 Trevor is a guy that tries to embellish anything. You remember, remember we went through the same thing when he was getting ready to play Tampa Bay. With the down knee in injury. The, that, yeah, in the knee. And he came back and, you know, just because we hear high ankle sprain, we immediately attach six weeks to it, right? Well, maybe he really doesn't have a high ankle. Maybe he just has a sprain. Maybe he has something that's different. You know, we're not there. I don't think he would come out and say he's going to try to play if he didn't think he could. Now, I I will say if the line doesn't start to move a little bit back to him, then he's not playing. The line moved away from him with the certainty that Bethard was going to be the quarterback. Now, Bethard's hurt too, Stormy, mm-hmm. which makes all of this news, right? It makes all of it news because, you know, they, they're going to have to if, – if Bethard can't go, you know, then you, would they sign another quarterback? You know, would they – or are they just going to go ahead and play? You know, are they just going to go ahead and play and take the kid off the practice squad, the kid from Canada that they have on the practice squad? Are they going to take him and move him up? Or because that would only give them two in the game and one of them would be hurt. See, Nathan Rourke is there is there on their practice squad. Okay? Yeah. So he'll get activated for the game if Lawrence can't play. Yeah. But I... let's say let's say they're unsure that 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 Bethard can play. They're gonna need to have another one too, and they haven't done that this week. Yeah, shoulder for Bethard, and of course the high ankle sprain for Trevor Lawrence. Peterson said Lawrence won't play unless there's no chance he could further damage his ankle, so that's still to be seen. But to your point, the line certainly indicates as if it is not going to be Trevor Lawrence out there. They're getting three and a half points against the Browns. Lawrence has not missed a game, uh, missed a start rather, in his NFL career since he was drafted in 2021. Regardless, though, of whoever is at quarterback, potentially without your left guard, because Walker Little, was who stepped on Trevor Lawrence, was also also injured in the game and he's left tackle two with Cam Robinson on injured reserve and Christian Kirk is going to be unavailable because he had to have poor muscle surgery. One more here. NFL commissioner Robert Goodell. Roger Goodell wants to see the Eagles tush push removed from the league permanently. According to Diana Rossini, the play was discussed by the NFL's competition committee last offseason, but was not brought up for a vote. News or noise, Michael Goodell wants this out of the game. 
I think it's news. I do think he wants it. I think a lot of people want it out of the game. I, I, I never thought it should be in the game. I didn't think you could aid in a runner from behind. I didn't think it was. I, I mean, look, credit the Eagles for mastering this. Not only doing it and inventing it, but mastering it. Because they do it better than anybody. I was watching the game against the Cowboys again, you know, and they're so good at doing it. It's unbelievable. So for me, you take it out of the game, it hurts them. But, you know, look, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a good play for the health of the team. A fourth and one is a first down if you're in Philadelphia, that's for sure. Travis Kelsey on the New Heights podcast with Jason said, Goodell just made our lives a whole lot easier outside of the Eagles organization. Uh, and typically, you know, when the commissioner wants something done, it gets done. Jason, meanwhile, said, quote, I don't have the energy to care about whether it gets banned or not. And added, hey, we were 36 of 38 on QB sneaks before the push. So there's that. <laughs> oh, fun. That podcast, they've done a really good job with that, actually, Jason and Travis. It's been fun. You know, and I think, look, the, the one thing is what, what nobody talks about enough is the fact that Hertz is so good with his leg movement. I mean, that's what makes it so effective, right? I mean, he is so good at, with his leg movement and he's able to generate mo power. I mean, you see a lot of those, a lot of times when they do that, it just stops, right? There's no movement. And yet he does a great job of getting movement and creating. He gets two, three. I mean, they can run yeah. it from the three-yard line and get it in. Yeah, it's not just the strength, but the strength and power mixed in with that movement for sure. Uh, and that's why when we talk about the MVP conversation, so many of his of his touchdowns and some of his like moving the chains numbers that he gets, Jalen Hurts on first down, are from that tush-push play. So I don't know how much we can warrant that into the MVP discussion. I'm just throwing that out there. Okay. <laughs> We have to take, see, that's why we need to get that segment, Michael. I don't know how we're going to frame it, but the I'm just saying segment needs to happen. Saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, I agree with that. Yes, <laughs> I'm just saying it does. We'll be right back. Mike Somich is going to join us. Professional handicapper coming up next. He has some interesting prop opportunities for Thursday Night Football you won't want to miss. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge this college bowl season, the VEASAN experts have you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with our introductory offer of just $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of top plays made from all of our show hosts and guests. Tools like betting splits to let you see where the money and bets are moving for each and every game and our College Bowl betting guide where you get picks for every bowl game. Don't miss out, though. It's a limited time offer. vcin.com slash subscribe is where you can do it. Sign up today for just $9.99 and become part of the Sports Betting Network. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. vsin.com slash subscribe. Do you disagree with these takes? No way. Uh-uh, no way. Or do you approve? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt my mind. No diggity, no doubt. It's time to ask Michael Lombardi. No way or no doubt. All right, Michael, we've talked a lot about how many games are going to be weather impacted coming up for week 14 of the NFL. Uh, mm. This could be, in fact, the first week since December 26th of 1993 that we have three separate games that fall under a total below 33. So no way or no doubt, more than half of the games this week, more than half of the week 14 totals will go under. What do you think? I think it's an under week. Yeah, I do. We got so many backup quarterbacks too, Stormy. True. You got bad weather and backup quarterbacks. I'll go no doubt it'll go under. And we talked about the wind trend a little bit this week. NFL games with 10-plus mile-an-hour wins at kickoff, 18-5-1 to the under this year, going under by an average of 5.5 points per game. We have five games that match that so far this weekend. Unders in general this season have been the way to go, 110-82-1 overall this year. Although last week, for the first time in a while, it was an over week. We'll see if we can revert back. Uh, after winning his first two games with the Minnesota Vikings, Josh Dobbs came back to earth. He's dropped back-to-back -back starts, coming off a four-interception performance against the Chicago Bears. No way or no doubt, the Pastronaut will bounce back against the Raiders with the return of Justin Jefferson. What do you think? I think no doubt. I, I, I disagree with Mike. I, I think with Kevin O'Connell, I think he's a really good play caller. And I think there's so many op limited options to the Raiders' defense in terms of how to play Jefferson, how to play this team. And with some practice time, a lot of practice time and a lot of study time, I think Dobbs will play well. Now, look, 
Dobbs' problem isn't throwing interceptions. Dobbs' problem is fumbling. Mm. You know, he fumbles way too much. He's loose with the ball. He's got that little bit of a of, of uh, the Justin Fields issue where he, he, he fumbles. He's got 14 fumbles currently in the league, most in the NFL. So that's really what he has to correct. And if he does, I think he moves the ball. I think he'll move the ball on the Raider defense, which is limited in terms of the options they have to attack this Viking offense. Okay, that game is here in Vegas. Jack uh, Vikings, though, on the road, laying three points total in that one, sitting at 40. Let's talk transfer portal here a little bit. because yeah. by the, Oh, wow. Yes, we're throwing in an NCAA one here for you. Uh, by the end of the day on Monday, when the transfer portal opened, Michael, there were over 1,000 Division One players that were in the portal, up from 775 the year prior. This number included, obviously, a number of impact players. Ohio State quarterback Kyle McCord, the top one that comes to mind, Dylan Gabriel, DJ Uyunglele. No way or no doubt the NCAA should wait until after bowl season to open up the portal. What do you think? I think no doubt they should. They should definitely wait because let's face it, like why are we having this confusion? Like if the kid, you know, why would we do it before the bowl games play? You know, if you're Ohio State, you're going to a bowl game. Now you've lost all these players. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't make any sense. So I say there's no doubt they should do that. Speaking to that, Missouri now a two and a half point favorite in the Cotton Bowl against Ryan Day's Ohio State Buckeyes. But the thing that's tough about that is I know like early enrollment has become really important for a lot of these players that transfer getting acclimated to the place. A lot of the argument is if your coach can leave, why can't a player? And I, I understand it from that standpoint also. It's, it's just tough. It stinks because bowl season used to really mean something. And a lot yeah. of that fun of the bowl season and those great those great highlights that we've seen from years past we're not getting as much of because it's college football playoff or bust really with all the opt-outs and transfer portal kids now when Justin Fields Michael was asked earlier this week about his future with the Bears given the team's draft position whether it's fair to factor into his evaluation over the next five games this season his response was quote life isn't fair so me personally I'm just focused on what I can control and the rest is in God's hands Good response there, Justin, especially because no way or no doubt, Michael, the Bears will use their high draft pick on a quarterback in 2024. No doubt. No doubt they will. Because I think they've seen enough. Like, how much more do we... I know Femi needs to see a little bit more, but how much more do you need to see? Does he Kids still? Does he still? Come on. He's yeah, got to be on board now. Of course he does. No. He always wants to see a little more. I think he's... Ta- there's no question he's a talented runner. But he doesn't throw the ball, especially when the game is we got to throw it to win it. That's the problem. He turns the ball over. And I don't think there's an offense that you could develop around him that's going to be consistent enough. Now, you know, maybe if he goes somewhere and takes a year off and they fix him, but I think there's no doubt the Bears will draft. If they get the first pick in the draft, which it would, they'll draft Caleb Williams. A little bit of a different situation all of a sudden in Green Bay. The Packers rebounded from a 2-5 and five start in a four-game losing streak to winning four of their last five. They're coming off huge wins on Thanksgiving against the Lions, upset of the Kansas City Chiefs. Jordan Love's performance, a big reason for that turnaround, Michael. No way or no doubt that Jordan Love has proved he's the future franchise quarterback in Green Bay. He's proved enough. No way he's proved it. Now, he's on his way to proving it, but no way has he proved it yet. I think the next five weeks are going to be critical to him. I really do. Can he maintain it? One of the things quarterbacks have to do is competitive stamina. They've got to be able to do it over and over again. That doesn't mean if he throws an interception, I'm out. No. He's got to show that the consistencies he's developed so far this year can carry over into what he needs to do next next year. I think the next five, six games are critical for him. And going to be critical for playoff position. Currently 6-6 six and six in that 7 spot in the NFC. They're a 6.5-point favorite on Monday night against the Giants. Over this three-game win streak, though, credit where credit is due to Jordan Love. He's got the best QBR in the league over those last three games. Completion percentage just shy of 70%. And he went from, over the first nine weeks of the season, having a 14-10 to 10 touchdown-to-interception ratio to having eight touchdowns and no picks. Uh, against those Packers coming up on Monday night, I referenced they've got the Giants coming up. 
Okay, the Giants have decided that they're going to continue to go with Tommy DeVito, as we mentioned earlier here in the program, Uh, despite Tyrod Taylor being back from injured reserve and his window being open. The New Jersey native won each of his last two starts, and head coach Brian Dable said, quote, I just thought Tommy earned it. No way or no doubt, Michael. Tommy Cutlets gives the Giants the best chance the rest of the season. No way. (laughs) He'll be... No way. I mean, if they're smart and he gets sacked, eventually I think Tyrod Taylor's going to have to come in the game. I mean, there's just mm-hmm. no way. I mean, have you watched these games? I, I, I just wonder, has Dayball been at the games? I don't know. Like, you, when you have a 20% sack percentage against teams that don't even rush the passer that well, like the Patriots, it's a problem. I mean, look, you can get, again, this is what happens to the Giants. They, they get lost with their win. I mean, they beat their Patriots what, 10-7? The kid missed a 37-yard field goal or a 27-yard field goal. It was a comedy. You could have easily been in overtime. The only reason you got any points, Patriots bad tackling, and the and the interception by Mac Jones that got returned back down to the 20. So well, I, I don't get it. Well, Michael, that's a big part of what I was going to ask you. Like, Yes, it's great that the Giants were able to get these back-to-back wins, and he does have more touchdowns than... I mean, any other quarterback has had this season in uh, in New York for the Giants. But how much of it is the opponents that he got to play these last two weeks, too? Like, you look at those scores, and it's not like they're lighting it up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, who gives you the – I mean, here's Tyrod Taylor. He had a chance. He went into Buffalo, you know, without a full deck and was able to come out of there, had 14-9, had a chance. They were play away. Exactly. They were a play away against Buffalo. They beat Washington, had two touchdowns in that game. I I just feel for Tyrod Taylor, especially because speaking of earned it, he's put in his dues in the National Football League, and he got his opportunity with the Giants. And I I was excited for him to see what he could do with that opportunity with Daniel Jones unavailable. But obviously, we we see the way that that has played out. Um, But that game is is one of the interesting ones. And I know we talked about it a, a little bit ago, but... It feels a little bit like a trap because of how well Green Bay has played recently and our lack of belief in Tommy DeVito. But I just don't know where where to go on that one. I was thinking about laying the points with Green Bay in the contest this week, but I'm not sure if I can get there or not. Yeah, I, I think that that's that's the hard one for me. I don't know yeah. how I want to take them six and a half in a low score. It's to me, it seems like the right thing to do, but I just don't know. Yeah, it'll be a fun back and forth. So for anybody who doesn't know this, I actually do the contest every week with my dad. And you should see the text messages that go back and forth of us trying to discuss certain things. And then he ends up ultimately calling me because he gets so frustrated about X, Y, and Z. So that'll be a fun debate, especially because I have liked Green Bay lately. Um, We're going to step aside here on the Lombardi line. When we come back, what a lot of folks might be watching tonight Given the game that we have on Thursday Night Football, the NBA in-season tournament rolls on tonight. The inaugural semifinal matchups. We got two games on tap live from Las Vegas at T-Mobile Arena. Our senior NBA handicapper here at Beeson, Jonathan Von Tobel, is going to give us the lowdown when we come back next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So 
Listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting 5 bucks on basketball. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code VSIN, that's V-S-I-N, DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. And let's talk a little NBA here as we welcome you back to the Lombardi line. Michael Lombardi and Stormy Bonantoni with you. And we'll bring in the one and only JVT, our senior NBA betting analyst here at VEASAN. Also does a great job hosting the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. Make sure you get that in your downloads. You can catch him here on the network every weekend as well. Live bet Saturday and Sunday. Loved the college lines revealed show this this uh, college football season, JVT. I'm a little bit sad that came to an end, but I bet you guys had some some good discussion this past week with the way things played out. Did you get ahead of any early numbers? Uh, yeah, a couple of them. I, I mean, so there's a few stormy, and I actually haven't bet like a ton of games in which I thought like, you know, there was information that was prevalent, but I did bet a few. You know, I've got a couple of bets in the semifinals. I bet under in Michigan, Alabama, under 46. I took four and a half with Washington against Texas. Some of the other balls, I laid three and a half uh, with Penn State against Ole Miss. I bet the over in the game that you're going to be on, the guaranteed rate bowl that I'll be out there for, UNLV, Kansas. Uh, those are a few that I bet early. Awesome. JBT, what was, your, what was your thoughts? I mean, did you think that Florida State belonged in, A, and B, if, what were your final four? So, Michael, my thoughts on the Florida State thing are this, is that the committee is inconsistent. You know, you can't tell me that it's the four best teams when, first off, you rank Florida State ahead of Georgia, that means you're not ranking them by who you think are the best teams because Florida State's not better than Georgia. And that would also mean that if it's the four best teams, Georgia would be in. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think right. that it, it doesn't make any sense to say that what Florida State did was not enough because they weren't one of the four best teams, but also rank like Washington, for example, as the second best team, but only because they're an undefeated Power Five <laughs> champion because they're not better than Texas, right? They're not better than Alabama. So That's the thing that drove me nuts. And if you were going to go by that, for me, I go by more of what your resume says, what you're deserving, and a Power 5 champ deserves to be it. So my top four were Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Florida State. But my my whole gripe is just more you're inconsistent with your own parameters, and I think that's what drives me and other people nuts. Yeah, I, I will say I am pleased with the matchups that we that we got. I think they're going to be really, really good games for us to bet on and from a viewership standpoint, but I agree. Like, the fatal flaw in the whole logic of that thing was that you're saying that it's, it's the best teams and that Georgia is still behind Florida State in that argument, yep. which is just inaccurate, and it's just wrong. Um, Sweet, so let's get to the semifinals, though, in tonight's in-season tournament, um, the inaugural in-season season tournament and it, this total in the Pacers Bucks game just continues to rise from 254 and a half now sitting 257 are we getting out of hand here a little bit so I'm going to hate myself for this as I sit in T-Mobile later tonight and watch just bucket after bucket go down I'm sure uh, but I bet this under 257 stormy I think this is what we're, we're going to do here now I'll, I'll bring you back like we'll zoom out a bit to give you the analysis on this so part of my thinking coming into the end season tournament knockout stage was there's, there's a chance this takes the shape of like a faux playoff sort of setting, right? Which is slower paces, uh, more sets, right? Half court sets, willing to let defenses get set because you're running your own stuff. You know, just like we see in the playoffs, shorter rotations as well. 
And in the four games we saw in the quarterfinals, guys, all four games had less than 100 possessions. So we, that kind of transpired. However, we're two and two, right? Even split over and under. And even you go back to the Bucks, where they had, I think it was like 100 and, uh, 200 and like what, 70 or 60 points, whatever in that games against the New York Knicks. Guys, that game only had 95 possessions. That was a slow game. It was just hyper-efficient offense. So Stormy, bringing it back to this game, I bet this under because I do believe we're getting a little out of hand. I'm willing to go under 257 because at the very least, I had a theory that these games would slow down. I have four games that told me that they have slowed down and that now you're in a new environment, a neutral environment, unfamiliar shooting backgrounds where the winner gets to move on for a crack at $500,000 for each player. I think you see the pace tighten up a little bit here. So I'm willing to go under 257. I think we have gotten a little too far. And let's talk about the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers started the season slowly, but they've come on. Now they're here in the finals. What have you seen from them, JVT? And do you think they'll be this good come next May? You know, I don't know if they're going to be good in the big picture, Michael. I've called them like a, just a different version of the team they were last year, right? Which is a team that is very strong in the restricted area, both offensively and defensively, a team that is heavily reliant on LeBron James. They have a negative like 12.7 net rating in the possessions without LeBron on the floor. You shouldn't be that reliant on LeBron at this point of his career. You shouldn't be that bad without LeBron at this point. So I, I think, Michael, they're a team that if the bracket breaks right for them, just like it did last year, they could potentially make a run. But if we're talking about teams in terms of ratings and strengths and teams that I would put ahead of them and just who do I think is better, I think there's about four teams in the Western Conference alone that I would pick to come out of the West before I would pick the Los Angeles Lakers at this point. Well, they're laying two tonight against the Pelicans. Total up now to 230 and a half from this standpoint. I mean, and they had a little bit of a controversial win and cover against the Suns in the quarterfinal uh, earlier this week. What do you make of the matchup? Who do you think has the edge and gets out of this thing? Yeah, Stormy, somebody who had a Suns 30 to 1 ticket to win this in season tournament, I would say that was very controversial. And I, if I was Frank Vogel, I never would have left the floor. Um, no, I think like, I think if you're looking at it from a side perspective, I'd lean a little bit toward the Lakers, only in that I don't think the Pelicans have a defender that is going to be able to take on LeBron James. New Orleans' best defender is Herb Jones, and he's 6'7 and 205. Like that, He's given up about 50 pounds to LeBron James. That's not going to be a matchup that physically he's going to win. But I'll say this. I think I feel strongly, or I know I feel strongly, uh, about the under. Like, it's at 231 now. If you go back to their quarterfinal matchup with the, the Suns, the Lakers had about 96 possessions. They were very slow. They tried to run here and there. But their best offense and the way they close out that game was half-court possessions with LeBron in control, and I think they're going to be willing to do that. So I bet under 231. I think the Lakers move on, but the bet for me is actually under the total. And your MVP tournament odds, LeBron's at plus 350. Giannis is at plus 400. Who, who do you have money on? Yeah, it's hard not to say that it's LeBron if you think they're going to win and move on, right, Michael? Especially when you're looking at it from the perspective of if we assume – that it's going to be the Indiana Pacers in the next round. Like, cause I think the Pacers are the pick to move on against Milwaukee. Mm. Like I, that's a matchup that LeBron's going to feast on. Like there's not many guys again who are going to match to physically with LeBron defensively. And their best defender is Miles Turner. So I think if the Lakers are going to win this thing, it's going to be LeBron, especially after his performance the other night against the Phoenix Suns. He was incredible. And that's going to be enough, I think, to get it to him. So I think the Lakers ultimately win. So I think LeBron is the rightful favorite. I think it's worth the bet. Yeah, he had 31 points, 11 assists, 8 rebounds in 40 minutes. And the man is 23 days away from turning 39 years old. Uh, still one of those top players in, in the league at this point. How has this in-season tournament been received, JVT? Because it seems like the players care about it. The intensity is up. Up. What's your perspective on it? I think so, Stormy. And, you know, I, I, so the way I gauge it is I talk to people who don't really watch the NBA at this time of the year, and all of them have kind of said the same thing. You know, when they watch and they see those floors, they know that something's different, right? They know that the games might mean something other than just a regular, regular season game. And people who I know don't watch it have watched some of these games and at least are aware of what is happening. And the intrigue of playing three neutral site games, right? Two today, one on Saturday has piqued the interest of people that I've talked to that aren't like me, right? That watch this every single night. So I would say it's worked out really well for them. And that's why I was a proponent of it. You know, when you look at it overall, it's a win-win, man. It's regular season games, slap some fancy floors and a different label on each, every, so every one of them. And if you win a couple of them, guess what? You get to go to Las Vegas and play for 500 K each. I think it was a good idea for the NBA. And I think that a lot of people have kind of at the very least paid attention to it a little bit more. Yeah, I, I think that the, the courts kind of have me a little bit off. I can't quite get used to it, JVT, i got to be honest. But the level of play, I'm surprised how good it is and the level of play. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, where does this go when the regular season comes back? And obviously we know Milwaukee's going to be good. 
but it's kind of hard for me to judge the other teams as it relates to. I think, what's your view of Phoenix? I know you had them in the tournament. What's your view of Phoenix as it goes forward? You know, for them, and it's actually similar to New Orleans too, Michael, it's just all about health, right? You know, Bradley Beal, they haven't even played their big three. I think it was uh, a single game, right? Bradley Beal's been out this whole time. Now, sounds like he's going to be back somewhat soon. But if they're going to be fully healthy, they're going to be one of the best offensive teams in the NBA. You know, the numbers with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant together are incredible. So I think, you know, I mentioned earlier, right, four teams that I believe to be better than the Los Angeles Lakers when they're full strength. The Suns are one of those teams. I think they can win the Western Conference with how elite they can be on offense. It's just whether or not they're going to be together. And that's the big question. And you can never really predict that. So, JVT, just to put a bow real quickly on this in-season tournament coming up tonight, who do you see getting into the championship game and who wins it? The Bucks are a plus-170 favorite, Lakers plus-240, Pels plus-360, and the Pacers a long shot at plus-425. Who'd you bet? I'll go I'll go Lakers over Pacers uh, in the final on Saturday. I think that's the Ooh. way to do it. I think the Pacers are pretty live, so we'll get a fun game. Love that. Awesome stuff, as always, buddy. Thank you so much for joining us. And Thanks, tr- try not to have too much fun out there. I won't. See you guys. (laughs) JVT. He's out there at MGM right now. He's telling us he was getting the credential. He's watching shoot around. Um, I'm thinking about going to the championship game on Saturday if the Lakers do make it into that game. Because I feel like that's another element to this too, Michael, is – Maybe people don't realize this, but because we don't have an NBA team here in Las Vegas, like yeah. it's, it's a pretty it's I imagine it's going to be a pretty pro Lakers crowd out there. There's a lot of Lakers fans here so, and right? an easy trip. Yeah, you would, yeah, you would think so. And eventually you're going to get one, aren't they? Aren't, there's a lot of conversations about Seattle and Las Vegas potentially mm. getting teams. So I think, you know, you got a baseball team storming. I think you're going to get a basketball team. You got a hockey team. You got it all. Well, let's throw that extra layer in there. LeBron James would like to be part ownership of that team that comes here of to course. Vegas. Motivating to show out for his soon to be city potentially in the future. Just, you know, just alternate angles, Michael, here for the people. We'll be right back, wrapping things up today for the Lombardi line. Final thoughts on Thursday night football and some big games coming up this weekend. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 